Welcome to the Trinity Force Podcast. Our sponsor is Moxie and Zen. If you head over to moxieandzen.com slash tforce and use the code tforce, you can get 20% off of your order on premium, high quality, and inexpensive boxers. They're made from bamboo to help wick away the sweat, which leaves you feeling fresh. Also, make sure to check out our Patreon, where we have a multitude of different perks. Anyone that signs up for the $5 tier will receive first dibs on any and all tournaments that we host. We'll send out an early access email so you can be at the front of the line to sign up and get onto the rift. The $10 tier will grant you access to special interviews or podcasts that we do. Additionally, $10 will grant you one replay review per month from the podcaster of your choice. Just download the replay file and send it to us via email or private Discord message. With the replay review, you'll get the insight and expertise that the podcasters bring, which will help you optimize each phase of the game. The $15 tier will unlock one live coaching session per month from the podcaster of your choice. Let us know who you'd like to talk to, and we'll set up a way for you to stream your game to them as a member of the podcast walks you through your game. And finally, the $50 tier We'll grant you a one-time guest spot on the podcast where you will be able to give your input on the show agenda and be live on the podcast with the rest of the Trinity Force crew. The money that we collect from Patreon not only helps keep the lights on, but helps to pay for better equipment and promotional materials. If you have any questions for the crew, shoot us an email at qu- uh, questions at trinityforcepodcast.com. You can also head over to our website, www.trinityforcenetwork.com. There you can find a link for our Discord, old episodes, and other Trinity Force Network podcasts. You can also visit our subreddit, r slash tforce network, our Twitter, at tforce network, our YouTube page, youtube.com slash c slash trinity force podcast, or on Twitch at twitch.tv slash tforce podcast, where we're regularly streaming tournaments, community game nights, other league games the podcasters are playing, and even other games occasionally. Finally, on Tuesday nights, make sure to join us in our Discord at 7.15pm Eastern Standard Time, where we will be playing and often streaming on Twitch, Community Game Night, for some fun pre-made games and in-house custom matches. Welcome to the Trinity Force Podcast. Yo, it's that Triforce cast beaming straight to your home. Grab a beer so we know Pony ain't drinking alone. Send an email, a quick tweet, just pick up the phone. Leave a message, hit the beep if you're a creep, watch your tone. Discuss the meta game, patch notes, whatever helps your stats most. Obi Pone Kenobi is your last hope to snatch gold. So grab your headphones and join in the fun. We'll try and force in some jokes and some cringeworthy puns. We Yo, we can make it together, people. Trinity Force Podcast. Boys are second to none, but that's the end of the intro, it's time we've begun. Hello everyone and welcome to the Trinity Forest Podcast, episode 786. I am your host as always, N.A. Eric, uh, not E.U. Eric, N.A. Eric, and 
We are talking groups and quarter finals retrospective with a look ahead to the semis because we're recording this a couple days before semis are starting. But um, yep, and Fenrir and Boma are here to talk with me about it and everything like that. So you'll get to see how we all did in Pickums, or I guess hear about how we all did in our Pickums and what we all thought and what we're thinking for the rest of the matches. So, but before we get into that, guys, how you doing? Boma, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, my competitive team that I play on just made it past semifinals yesterday, so we're in the finals now. So pretty exciting. Um, the prize pool for first, I think, is $750. So it's pretty pretty cool and interesting. Well, interesting. It is it is super exciting, and I'm pretty pumped for finals. Is that 750 per person or split between the team? Uh, 750 for the first place team. So it would be cool if it was per person, but yeah. the entry fee is only like 75 a team so it's like 15 a person essentially and gotcha. so if you do win what is that like one 150 a person which isn't too bad from 15 dollars per person entry fee no so that'll pay for like a tenth of what it would cost to get uh, go watch the finals game live exactly basically. exactly yeah <laughs> all those scalpers so i guess we'll talk about it later but yeah i really hope that china's out so i know the bay area has a bunch of like uh uh, international students in that area um and so when i went to santa clara in the bay area uh, we had a lot of uh, chinese um, international students there and they would always buy out like every single event that had chinese teams in it so um when i would go for iem and things like that if a chinese team was there the tickets were insanely expensive because um, they just have a lot of money in general um, and so i knew this one kid who went to my college he just when the worlds was in na back in 2016 he just fucked off for an entire month and just traveled the the entire states to go watch all of the games it was pretty crazy and so i'm hoping that some of the prices are because of the international students just not caring about money just buying tickets but yeah we'll we'll see hopefully it's cheaper but right now the ticket prices are about 600 per person for finals which is not ideal <laughs> to purchase right now not ideal to say the least, no. But it should be noted that that has gone down significantly because at one point I th I think I read that it was the highest price they got was like fifteen hundred or two thousand or some crazy garbage. Yeah, some of the lower bowl seats were like two thousand something per ticket. Like when after they first were general sale and then they got out to the public, um, people were reselling them and it was going for like two thousand a piece, which is insane. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. I'm not paying those prices, but I'm not going, so no one's asking me to pay those prices. Cool. Um, yeah, and you said that, uh, speaking of your competitive team, we're going to announce this uh, in the Discord, but your finals are next week sometime, next Wednesday or something. You want to talk about that and plug it real quick? Yeah, so it's uh, next Wednesday at 4 p.m. PDT or 7 Eastern um, on the channel. It's called Victorious GG. And so it's they do like uh, leagues of different games like Valorant, um, League of Legends, and a different tier. So my team is um, in the VAS tier, which is gold with a single plat exception. So I'm the plat exception um, for our team. And so yeah, it's it's pretty much a gold amateur league, which is pretty interesting. Um, I think it's probably the most fun because these are gold players that think they can play every champion. And so you see some crazy picks come out, um, like. Well, it wasn't. It was pretty crazy, but our top laner in game two of 
our semifinal series played Draven top against GP. And to preface this, he is an 80 carry main, so he is pretty comfortable on Draven. But that was some spicy picks like that you can see um, just from our team because we're pretty versatile. We do play a lot of champions, um, and I think we're pretty good at it. So we played four games last time. Uh, I guess spoilers if you're into that kind of thing. But we won three, three to one. And I think all of us played a unique champion in every game. So we got a lot of champions played in the, in our series. So hopefully that trend continues for next series. But we'll have to see. This team is the f- projected winners, I think, based on, like, I don't think they've dropped a single game in playoffs or in groups. And so they've kind of been, like, undefeated at this point. So we'll see how we do against them. But I, I think our team is really strong, too. So we'll see. Okay. Cool. Yeah, we'll definitely I'll, I'll announce it and we'll have, make sure to plug the link and do some sort of a watch party or something. What's uh, so you're saying there's been some spicy picks. What's the spiciest thing that you've played? Uh honestly, I just play Yone until the unnamed team bans it. I'll I'll blind pick Yone every time, but I have been practicing a lot of Azir, so I've been playing a lot of Azir. Um in terms of spicy picks, I don't really play any spicy picks. It's pretty much all meta champions. Or champions that I play in my pool, so Swain, Silas, Azir, Yone, Yasuo, Diana, those types of champions. But yeah, our bot lane, our top lanes are the spicy picks, so our bot lane plays Karthus bot a lot. Um, our AD carry, um, he's a Karthus one trick in the bot lane, so he's really good with Karthus. Unfortunately, he's unavailable, um, so we can't play him, but with the combo, we would pick like Senna Orn and Senna Tank type champion so a lot of uh, fasting senna with these high tanky champions who can just roam together it's pretty crazy and then our top is kind of a maniac he'll play whatever plays vein top draven top um, whatever he finds favorable into the top lane matchup um, we just hope we don't put him on a tank because he probably will run it down if he plays a tank but at least an 80 carry he's he's very good at that specific thing and yeah they just it's hard to i feel like in general it's hard to draft against us because we have so many weird champions that you can try to ban a single person out, but everyone else gets their pocket pick, and you don't think it's a pocket pick at that time, and all of a sudden you just don't know how to play against it. So I think it should be pretty entertaining. Okay, cool. Cool, cool. Um, and are you going to... Uh, I know you said that you're Are you like, you're looking to go to finals. You said are you also going to semifinals happening this weekend, right? Yep, I'm going to Atlanta this weekend to watch uh, JDD versus T1, and... Gen G versus DRX, so I'm pretty high for both those games. And then the weekend after, I'm flying to San Francisco to watch uh, the finals of whoever it is. I'm hoping it's a T1 DRX final, but we can talk about that later. Uh, yeah, but yeah, we'll I am traveling that. to go watch both of these because I I missed the last one in 2016 because I didn't have enough money and I was a college student to afford to go watch it. But now that I have a, a living wage, uh, at least then, so I can go watch some of these games, which I'm pretty excited about. Now that you're flush with cash. Exactly, (laughs) yeah. Engineering lifestyle, right? (laughs) Okay, cool. Fenrir, what have you been up to, man? Uh, Just work. uh, It's that time of year where leaves are falling on the ground, and rich white people like to have their leaves cleaned off their yard so they can see their nice dead grass. So... Um. So have you, because I know that you said it's been dry out where you are. Were you uh, getting some like dust storms? Are you far enough west where that was happening or no? We don't really get dust storms. We actually got like last, or no, sorry, Monday. Yeah, we got like an inch and a half, two inches of rain Monday, Tuesday. So things are not as dusty and gross now. 
Gotcha. I was just asking because I think over the there has been some dust that's floated up from the Great Plains up to Minnesota in general, and then um, I woke up Monday morning and my car looked like I'd just gone through uh, gone through like some mud flats or something because we got some rain as well, but it pulled all the dust that came up from Iowa and Kansas and stuff all down onto all of our cars. I saw all over Reddit for like the Twin Cities Reddit that everyone was saying like, yeah, I just washed my car the other day and it looks like I just like. Uh, you know, it looks like I just decided to throw a pile of leaves on my car, or try to landscape with my bumper or something. Yeah, because it was all of our everyone's cars were all messy. Luckily, it rained again Monday night, so I got nature's car wash for free. But um, yeah, gotcha. Okay, league been going good for you? Yeah, sure. We were. I was climbing on. <laughs> yeah, Momo knows exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> So yeah, I've been we had a couple a of rough flex games. Oh, dude, it just sometimes it uh, you know that meme sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. That's about how it's going. Okay, gotcha. That's basically my solo queue experience. Although yesterday I played, or not yesterday, uh, Tuesday. No, yesterday actually, I played a couple of solo queue games, duoed with uh, our very own mentally Zill, and we just did. I just played Hecarim, and he played Zillion, and it was it was gross. Like, we were just running over people. I felt bad. <laughs> Not even a jungler, so and I do the same thing with him. Yeah, it's it's too easy. He was like, uh, I was like, okay, which, uh, you should play a zillion. He's like, okay, cool, what do you want to play with it? Well, I could play any of the fast boys. I could play Udyr, I could play Master Yi with it, I could go play Hecarim, and then they banned Udyr. I could play Ramus with it. I was like, okay, just be one me, Hecarim. I don't care. It didn't even matter. It was pretty stupid, but yeah, okay. Um, League's been going decent for me. I feel like I'm in pretty good form. Before this, I played uh, three games of Support Zoe, and absolute, and one of the games, uh, or two of the games, I absolutely shat on them in laning phase. The third game, I didn't do as well, but still did pretty well, but we ended up losing that game, so I went two and one in like, three normals games there. Um, yeah, it was... I don't know. People don't respect her distance at all. I mean, it's it's not played enough to even have stats the last time I checked on U.GE, so people don't play against it, obviously, and people don't play Zoe in general. Like, she hasn't been in the meta for, what, like, a year or something? So, I don't know. I, I'm always just surprised. I'm like, don't you understand, like, Zoe's bubble range? And no, people don't. Or the burst once you get Luden's, like, like 100% these people. It was so weird. But, yeah. Other than that... um, Overall, for me, life is fine. I'm still dealing with whatever's going on in my back. I got a test scheduled for uh, Monday morning, so I'll have to get up and get to the doctor's office by 8 a.m. bright and early for that. And yeah, um, our family dog died this week, so that wasn't great. But um, yeah, she was 14, so like a 14-year-old golden retriever is. We knew something was going to happen eventually, but yeah. So that's why I wasn't in community night super long this week, but feeling all right. Took the day off of work yesterday just to chill and process my emotions and stuff. So, yeah. But, yeah. Anyways, on a sunnier note, let's talk about Worlds groups, gentlemen. So, um, overall impressions. Was it good, bad? What was uh, what were your impressions? Fenrir, you go first. I thought it was good, except for the first series. You know, uh, I did pick Rogue to win, but 
That was just uh, uh, groups. Groups, not quarterfinals. Oh, groups. my bad. My bad. I thought. No, it's all good. Uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> pretty much the same sentiment. Uh, groups were good, except for C9. You know, picked them <laughs> to win their group, and they just kind of bombed out. Um, I've there's like a lot of sentiment right now that like NA is dying and we're just terrible, but I think it really has more to do with the Eastern regions are just better. Like they practice that's better. Kind of been my, their players. That's kind of been my read too. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of been my read as well. It's like, they're better. And the players that, you know, the young crop of talent that made C9, uh, and other, NA orgs be able to compete in prior worlds in 2019 and 18 and 20 even some is just not fully fleshed like those people are now more of the old guard and they're not as they're just not as good they're it's not that they're like aging and their hands don't work as well it's just that they're not as good they're not as they don't maybe spend as much time practicing they're not they don't have the fire as much perhaps i mean there's a whole bunch of reasons why that could be but um i'd say give it another couple of years and then there'll be another some more super uh some more super teams coming in with or just like really good young group of prodigies and stuff and we've seen like there's been individual people that have done well such as like jojo as much as it pains me to say it but um that's just kind of been my read as well like there's not a lot of uh ingenuity the meta changed and NA teams weren't prepared for it. And w- when they tried to play it, it didn't work at all. Like, I mean, the perfect example is like you're saying C9, they've tried to play carry top and Fudge didn't play well on it. And the team didn't play well around it either in any of the games they did that in. And that's why they ended up going one and five and finishing at the bottom of their group. Well, part, part of that, but yeah, why they did so poorly there. Um, and same sort of stuff happened with, I'd say 100 Thieves. G, um, EG, different story, because they did they actually did decently well with the carry tops, but there were some other issues going on there. Um, I'd, I'd say, like, I think it was a pretty good group stage. It was exciting. There was lots of... Uh, if you're someone that likes to hate on NA, such as myself, it was glorious. I was praying for the 0-18 uh, group stage. That would have been so great, but it didn't happen. Um Unfortunately, Europe had to throw the last week and give wins over every time. Um, yeah. But overall, great group stage. Pretty. It ended up being pretty predictable, I would say. For people that went with the favorites, you were generally right for uh, getting out of groups for pickums and stuff other than top esports getting robbed and or imploding on the first week. But yeah. Bomo, what were your impressions? Uh, I think I'm sort of in the same boat. It just felt like like hands diff almost between the Eastern and Western teams. Um, NA tried to play the meta, but they just can't keep up with the, the nuances of piloting a champion compared to the Eastern teams. Um, I think... I think also a lot of the issues stemmed from trying to adjust to whatever their world or scrim meta was into the world's group games. Um, So I think in general, you should play to your strengths, even if it's not ideal. At least that's what you know and you have success with. And I think that's why Rogue actually got out of groups is 
they didn't fall for a lot of these weird carry tops um play play towards top side they just did what they were really good at is um tank top facilitator jungler and like a, a hyper carry mid laner and then the bot lane can play whatever type of thing um it's a different story about what actually happened in semifinals with how they looked but in terms of just getting out of groups that's i think that should be <laughs> as bad as it said as it sounds na should be looking to just try to get out of groups to kind of solidify themselves as a region because we we've gone out of groups what like three or four times out of the last i don't know 10 years or something it's it's pretty brutal like how many times we haven't even gotten out of groups and we just kind of falter um i think they just get in their own heads and the i i hope next season the lcs changes a little bit where a lot of these veterans who are taking huge paychecks um just don't um i i hope the the salary for a lot of players goes down so it invites new younger players to to start coming in because um, I think what happens is you get into this rough cycle of NA talent that just gets swapped between different teams. And there's actually no one there to push them. Um, while if you look at Eastern teams, there are solo queue, like gods coming in, trying out for teams and just wanting to have a spot in a roster. And that that lingering like fear of you might be replaced at any second because there's someone who's willing to put an extra effort than you is what allows these eastern teams to kind of play better and put more practice in um it's disheartening to hear a lot of na players after spring so they didn't even make playoffs in spring and they're on vacation it's like you didn't even make it to playoffs it's top eight teams making the playoffs and you can't even find like the inner drive to just practice a little bit more <laughs> so you're not nine or tenth, you know? It's it's like things like that where it's uh it's expected at this point for NA to do well. I had some hopium coming in to the to the group stages because I think EG and C9 particularly looked really good. Um, but they just dropped the ball in general. But yeah, I think that's kind of the biggest issue with NA is we pay so much to our players um for for very adequate performances and i don't know if it's just the lack of player base who can push them but it just seems like this can't be the best that we have to offer in terms of all of the the players that we have on our region almost so that's kind of where i'm at i think but i still will root for na but it's just kind of frustrating seeing all this happen every year but every year i have hopium and every year <laughs> i'm crushed by it it feels like I, I totally agree with everything that you're saying. Rooting for NA is like rooting for, um, it's like rooting for the U.S. in the World Cup, right? If they they may make it, they may not, and if they do, you know they're not going to win it. It's a miracle if they get out of groups a lot of times, and sometimes they do, but you know they're not going to go that far. So it's just like a how long can they go until they lose? And that's yeah. just the reality of NA LCS right now, which really sucks for those people that yeah. like them as a fan base. And so at least I have some hope because EG, even without their starting AD carry, came in and actually put on, I think, the best performance for an NA team. Um, they came in, play-ins, showed that they won't back down, um, gave up, actually put up a fight and weren't too scared to take risks. I think that's kind of the biggest thing too with NA is 
it seems like they're so scared of making a mistake, but it what ends up happening is they just lose the game inevitably because they're so scared to take action of doing things. It's kind of the that mentality I think a lot of people just have is like there's no reason for change if I'm comfortable type of thing. And so I I think I really like what EG has been doing with growing NA talent, bringing these young kids in and just just trying to trying to win the game. Like I don't care if you can go 0 and 50 in a game, just have zero kills, but if you're trying stuff and actually showing that you're trying to win, I'd take that over like a a 10 to 12 game where you just rolled over and died type of situation. Yeah. It, 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 like, what you're saying is it makes me think a lot of um, Dom One's top laner, Nuggery, gave an interview after groups um, to Inven Global. It's like a Korean website that they cover league and esports and stuff like that. But um, the, I've read some of the translation of it, and he was talking about how uh, he's, not surp- like, he's not surprised at all that the West did terribly compared to the Eastern teams in, uh, in groups this year, because they, they don't, he said that there's major, they're fine at team fights and macro and stuff, but the laning phase, they're just losing because they don't understand. He's like speaking holistically for top laners. He can't speak for, you know, mid or bot and support and stuff, but top laners, like they just don't understand the nuances, like so many important nuances to the laning phase. And for that reason, it's not even valuable to scrim against them. So he said like Damon didn't scrim against any Western teams at all. Once they reached when they came over to NA. Um, And he doesn't think that any of the other, uh, not many of the other Eastern teams even scrimmed with Western teams at all, like especially the Korean ones. So if you're going to even try to adapt to these, like the, the world's meta and try to go aggressive, if there's a total different bubble that the Eastern teams are playing that you're not even hearing about, because I think people don't talk about what's going on in scrims and you're just not even hearing about anything that's happening, then how can you even adapt to it and, and play? Like it's, it's not surprising at all that they don't do well because they just they don't get to face these Eastern teams. And they're mm-hmm. too far away geographically to scrim during the season, whereas, you know, LPL and the uh, and the teams from Taiwan and the Vietnamese teams and the LCK teams and LJL, they can all scrim each other because they're decently close. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't do that in NA because we're so geographically isolated compared to other servers. I mean, you could scrim some of the Latin American teams, but that wouldn't help them. That would... It would help some of the Latin American teams. It wouldn't help the LCS teams very much, though. I guess I'm also confused, too, because don't teams, like, go to Korea for boot camping? So, like, what is the point of boot camping? The solo queue environment, I think. And then maybe, and then they play against academy teams. I don't think they even get a lot of games against the official rosters. I feel like you can still learn a lot. So, I guess maybe it's, like, an ego... From my standpoint, it seems like an ego thing where professional players aren't playing Challengers queue whenever it's up. Like you hear about, I don't know, players who don't even play Challengers Q. I feel like it's a, it's an environment set up with low ping latency, which was the biggest issue with NA. It's like, oh, our ping is too high. That's why we're not competitive. But um, you, you have a lower latency environment, and you're picking the cream of the crop players from your server to play on a team. And so I don't understand why you wouldn't be spamming that whenever it's available to just try to get better. Like, people say it's a waste of time. Like, I don't understand how practicing this certain thing is a waste of time. You're you're not 
just playing it for challengers queue you're playing it to learn the intricacies of a champion like it shouldn't be used only for like oh look at me i climbed the challenger queue ladder it's all right aatrox pretty busted champion right now what can i play into aatrox that seems good you try it out and it's like okay i think x pick might be pretty decent let's keep trying it out into aatrox and like we'll get a bigger sample size and see how it feels sure the person piling the aatrox might not be good but at least you'll have an understanding of how that champion plays against you and how you play against it. And so even though you're not getting the best the best the best of the best practice against your opponent, you're still understanding the fundamentals of what makes that champion strong in a specific situation. Um, cuz it's still hard to get challenger regardless of what region you're playing. And so you still have to have a certain amount of skills just to get challenger. So even though a challenger in Korea might be a lot better than Challenger in NA. You're you're still getting the the Challenger in NA essentially, and then that's when you take your boot camp to Korea, and it's like okay, I take what I learned in the off season. We we lost. Let's go to Korea boot camp and let's try out how this works in their specific environment. Um, and then the the way that the team meshes is probably a different story, and getting scrims is a different story. But at least you have the matchup fundamentals. What Nuggery was kind of implying um because a lot of at the end of the day the competitive aspect will come to the game but the laning fundamentals are kind of the most important part of league in itself and you can get that from solo queue yeah you can get a lot of that from solo queue Mm -hmm. for sure then there is more randomness that happens in solo queue but if you're playing enough games especially as like a laner you get that laning experience especially as a top laner like how he's speaking you get to be on an island and face them and try different builds and try these matchups and shit and so if someone you know like aatrox is so popular right now like he's super popular so you're gonna get the chances to face him and and learn how to do against that yeah i i totally agree yeah so yeah look na collapse at worlds was uh one of the main storylines eu falling like doing uh better day one and then or on their first round robin and the second round robin doing much more poorly is it was another main storyline as well um i don't know like it was i don't know i'm not really sure what to think about it i don't i think that they eu collectively just played a lot worse um like i don't think na played that much better to get a win over like if we're talking about evil geniuses bg2 and c9 beat Fnatic, um hundred thieves beat uh the flying oysters they didn't have an eu team in their group but um and rogue also lost to uh they lost to top um whereas they beat them the previous day the previous round robin so like that's that's kind of what i saw with eu it's not that they like everyone else played better they just played worse collectively than they did in their first round robin fender what do you think about that am i totally off base no it's hard to like like i think you're right as a as like what we can see but it is like it's so hard to know right because we have absolutely no idea what's going on and we're never gonna know so i mean all we can do is speculate but i mean i I completely agree with you it just it didn't feel like that the na teams got better it just felt like lec got worse as the tournament went on yeah yep yeah okay um what do we think about the whole top esports fiasco? So for those people who are unaware, Top did not get out of their group, though 
potentially they should have. They went, what, one and two in the first round robin. They beat Gam, but lost to Rogan DRX. And then the second round robin, they beat Rogan DRX and lost to Gam in a very crazy game. So if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's a banger of a game, I will say. But there was a bug that happened. So top were, uh, they beat Gam uh, at an elder flip uh, fight and top got the, they got the elder dragon. They were running down and they were hitting the Nexus. Karthus respawns, Levi respawns. He presses R and almost kills the entire team when they were like three quarters healthy, almost kills all of them. The team spawns manages to defend and they're hap- And then Gam run it back. Like after they kill everyone at the base, um, they manage to run to the other side of the map and end before top can spawn and stop them. So it's, it's wild, but, um, and it was a back and forth game overall. Like it was just a great game of league to watch. Uh, when Karthus ulted, Lucian Gala should have had a maw uh, go off, and it bugged and did not go off. He got the life, he got the passive of the extra v- Omnivamp from it, and AD and AP or whatever it gives you afterwards. But he didn't get the actual shield, so he was left with like 50 health as opposed to like 650 health. And he had he actually gotten the shield, probably they would have been able to end, and they would have gone four and two, and then you would have had a three-way tie for first at 4-2, 4-2, 4-2, and then Gam would have been 0-6, rather than just a two-way tie of DRX and Rogue, and then they did a play, they did a tiebreaker, um, and Top would have been a part of that, and that would have been crazy to watch, but that's kind of what happened. So probably the best game so far, uh, the mo- the craziest game that happened. So, if, okay, before quarterfinals, the best group game and play-ins game included is now kind of sullied because of that bug, and we know what happened and the whole storyline and everything. But um, I don't know. I don't. I don't feel great about it. Like it's a, it's a tainted game now. That was one of the best games I've I've seen on the pro stage. But now I can't. It just feels bad to watch it, in my opinion, after seeing it the first time and watching it back. Um, what do you guys think about that? Do you, like does it make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what do you think when you oh, were sorry, or, sorry Fender, go ahead. Uh, so I was just going to say top would have definitely got out of the group because on day on the second day of their group or the second round of games of their group, they didn't just beat Rogan DRX. They like stomped Rogan DRX like it, the games were not even close. And I mean, yeah, you can argue like they should have never been in the position to have that against Gam. like they should have either done better in that week one or even the game against Gam, like they shouldn't have ever been pushed by Gam that much. But at the same time, like Rogue should never have gotten out of that group the way they played the second week. And I think the bracket would look a little different if Top had made it to BO5 because they're really, they never have been a good BO1 team. So I don't know. I'm a little frustrated about it. The thing is, though, like even if, uh, Jackie Love had noticed that he didn't get the shield. He couldn't have paused the game about it. Because, like, the way the rules work is uh, you can only do a pause for a bug that changed the outcome of something you thought was going to happen. And there's no way that he could have calculated, like, oh, my Maw shield should have blocked this much damage. 
Gotcha. Okay. So it doesn't, or it's like some unintended game mechanic entirely or something. Oh, no. The only way you can pause, and it's, uh, who's the uh, LCK caster? The, um, Atlas? Yes, Atlas was talking about it. So he said that the only way that you can pause a game is if a bug occurred that changed the outcome of a play that you were trying to make, like a predetermined outcome. Ah, uh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, because like the ones I think, like the major ones that I can think of are... Uh, I remember one time an LCK like Showmaker dropped Rift Herald, and for some reason it didn't charge, and the turret killed it and it didn't get any plates or anything because there were like five seconds left. It should have done that. And they backed it up and um, they chrono braked it and then chrono broke it uh, and then redid that. Or when there was the bug where Samira could use her R even while she, like, mm -hmm. GA was going off when she was first released, I remember seeing that happening and they always had to be like, okay, like we can't stop this in the middle of this game, but we'll go further back. And then the teams wouldn't have that fight. Or I think Samira had to sell GA or something. I don't quite remember what happened, but those are the ones I can think of. So that makes sense the way that you're talking about it. Because, yeah, there's no way Jackie Love could have been, like, calculating everything in his head. I mean, potentially. I don't know. He's a monster, but maybe. Well, and even, like like you, you mentioned it, he got the lifeline passive. So to him in the moment, right, he is just full of energy. Like, oh, we, we're going to lose this game now. Like, now that I died, right? The last thing he's thinking about is, man... That 600 damage should have blocked, you know, or that 600 damage shield should have blocked more. Because he thought that it went off. He's probably just in his mind, oh man, Karthus ult's just OP, you know. Yeah, and I think everyone thought that Karthus ult just blew through the yeah. whole shield and everything. Didn't even think about Ma, because, yeah, he and the adrenaline and everyone was so high because Jackie actually stole the Elder from a miss smite on Levi, and it was. It was just wild, yeah. But I agree, like, Top absolutely slammed their other games. They would have gotten out, um, and then they would have been the probably the one seed, honestly, and DRX two seed Rogue wouldn't have gotten out, so no Western teams would have gotten out. I mean, who knows what would have happened. DRX probably would have faced JDG then, and that is much better. That was a much better contest than JDG Rogue was, and I think... And then what top would have played against, uh, would have played against, um, EDG. Who'd they play? Right, EDG. And that probably would have been, that almost definitely would have been top going through as well. Yep. I agree. Yeah. Okay. Um, anything else that we want to say? Any other major storylines that we want to talk about or any specific games stand out to you or crazy metas or picks or anything else we want to mention about groups? Uh, the one thing I wanted to mention game-wise was if you guys didn't pay attention to T1's games completely, go to, is it the tiebreaker game against EDG? Yes. The tiebreaker they game against... Have a, they, they didn't? They didn't have a tiebreaker. Or was it the final game no. to de determine the group? Who got first? Uh, Yeah, that would have okay, been... Okay, sorry. I thought yeah. I thought they put it tie. And it, So the final game that T1 EDG played where Zeus plays Gangplank against oh, yeah. Flandre's does he play against Malachi I think uh I'm looking I don't I he played Gangplank against C9 I think right hold on how do I find this it was Gangplank Gangplank against Malachi yeah yeah so go watch that game and 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> he is literally two items at 15 minutes. He has Triforce and uh, LDR, I think, or Collector, maybe, at 15 minutes. And at 20 minutes, he is 10K up on Flandre. He is literally 10,000 gold above his opponent, yes. It is absurd. And granted, Flandre was given a very bad matchup, but still, like, the whole team had to collectively fuck up hard enough to put GP that far ahead. Yeah. Yeah, he's looked like the best uh, top laner to me this tournament so far, or especially in groups, um, because... 369 looked really good in quarterfinals, but yeah. Um overall then, how'd your guys' pickums do? Did you uh how many how many points collectively did you get from group stage? Uh I got eight out of sixteen. You got eight points for the whole of group stage? Uh no, sorry, I'm trolling. That's just one group. That's say, just like, one group. That's, that's just one group. <laughs> Where does it I got, tell you? I got 34. You just have to okay. add them up. Yeah, there's no numbers. Yeah. Oh, well, that's I just lame. Do the math. I, I just had too much hopium in NA, especially EG and C9, which kind of fucked up my entire group predictions. But uh, group, group D was pretty standard, I feel like, for me. But yeah, group B was just Dom1 and EG switched and uh, C9... Um, Fnatic and EG switched. Uh, well, if I'm putting NA first in Group A, then I put Europe last, which wasn't the case. NA was actually last, so kind of messed up my entire pickums for that group. And then Group C, I got half right. Uh, Rogue and Top Esports were just swapped, pretty much. Gotcha. I got 39 for that uh, for a group stage. I got a perfect Group A and Group D. And I got seven points from Group B. I got JDG first and EG last, but I had G2 getting out and Damwon not getting out. Um, and then my Group C was, like, I didn't think that this was actually going to... Okay, I had Top winning the group, which they absolutely should have won the group, since we just talked about that. But other than that, I had Rogue in fourth, because I didn't believe, and I wasn't super sure about... I thought DRX were going to get out. I thought they were going to be number two. But I put them at number three just because I put Gam in second. Because there was one of the crystal balls. It's like, which team do you think from a uh, from a region with two or less teams will get the furthest? And most people put Gam, I think. So I was like, if I'm going to put that, then I have to actually put them to go through into groups. Otherwise, it, it, the crystal ball pick doesn't even matter. Because no team's going to get out then, obviously. So um, I put them in there. So I got nothing from Group C because everything was wrong for me. But I still managed to get 39 points because I got two perfect groups, so sweet. Um, cool. And then also, I mean, we'll talk about the rest of it, but people can go, when you're on your pickums, you can click on the leaders tab and you can see where you are relative to the rest of everyone that's done it. You get to see like what roughly what percentile you're at and what your rewards are currently. And every time a new match happens, you get to see uh, what your, you get to see what your points are where you get redistributed relative to everyone. And we still have, there are eight people that have everything right so far and five people with everything wrong, which is impressive. I You have to actually try to get everything wrong. And even then you'd get some stuff absolutely right. Even if you're like, who would have uh, that group 
see outcome of I mean who would put, who would have put it exactly like me very few people would have done that even if they were trying they would have been like oh top is gonna you know top is not gonna make it then they'd get some points there but like Christ so go check those out whoever if anyone has any perfect picks at the very end they get all the ultimate skins for free which is so cool yeah. and we may see all these perfect picks go to waste this next week so all of them predict a t1 genji finals so that is also another spicy thing that might happen if if one of those uh semi-final games just doesn't pan out then there's no perfect pickums left Ooh, all of them did that i didn't realize that yep yeah, all of them can... have t1 versus uh genji okay wow yeah that is i'm looking scrolling through them right now yeah wow they all do that's that's interesting. Um, I don't have that, but uh, let's talk about quarters, and then we can talk about what we have moving forward then. So, um, Fenrir, since you were so quick to want to talk about quarters, what do you think of quarters, man? Oh, so back to what we were talking about 40 minutes ago. <laughs> uh, I thought it was all good. Like I said, I was a little sad that Rogue did what they did. I picked them to win, but that was more just like everybody was just kind of shitting on Rogue, so I was just like rallying the troops i was i was with cadrill trying to give them my spirit bomb you know but uh yeah they suck so no it was a yeah, they, it was a lot of fun yeah i it was a great court these were probably the best quarters that i've seen at all um i think that's kind of the general consensus this is one of if not the best quarterfinals of groups ever the only one that i could think of that would maybe compete was uh 2018 with the IGKT series, which was crazy, and that was also, I believe, that was C9 RNG where um, they got through into semis. Was also that year, or maybe that was 2019 that C9 got through to semis. I'm not sure, but there were some crazy quarters that happened around there. Um, 2020 was also quite good with Fnatic top um, and several others as well. Yeah, but there was just. I mean, we, we'll get we'll get into we'll talk about more of them, but uh, yeah, there were two three O's and then two three twos, and those three twos were wild. Um, but yeah, JDG beat Rogue three O. That was pretty expected. Eighty one percent of people in Pickums had that to happen, so that's what happened there. T one beat RNG three O. Um, in a I would say a more convincing three O than JDG's three O personally, but um, it's what, also worth say? noting that. I thought that T1's 3-0 was more convincing than JDG's 3-0. That's my take there. But it's also worth noting that RNG, all of them, almost all of them had COVID, and they actually were sick too. Like they had symptoms, and they were sick. And you can see it on the player cams in Game Three. Like they just felt bad being there. Um, and then uh, Genji beat Damwon 3-2, and also some of Damwon's players were sick with COVID. Uh, some of their coaches were more, but a couple of players actually had it as well. And then DRX beat EDG 3-2 as well. But um, yeah, so uh, I, I agree with you, though. Like, Rogue did not do that well against JDG. And that was that. Was that. Bomo, what would you think of that series? I, I, I talked about this kind of before we started saying, but I think the weekend of quarterfinals got progressively better as the days went on. So the first day wasn't too hype. It was kind of a disappointment. And 
maybe second day was a little bit more hyper. I think the games were slightly closer. I think uh, game two of T1 versus EDG, I thought it was going to go. I thought it was, I thought uh, EDG was going mean- to, I'm not, not EDG, RNG. I thought RNG was going to win game two because they had such a massive lead. But all of a sudden, the 0-6 Jace, he's not doing anything, but Gumayushi is actually coming back into form. So I'm actually pretty hyped for this T1 roster. I'm a T1 fan if you can't tell. But I think Gumayushi is like actually becoming a really good player again. He was slumping in the summer finals and MSI. I think he had a pretty poor MSI. But it seems like he's like almost leveled up essentially where he's starting to play a lot better. And I think, what was it? He went... He went deathless, I think, this series. Gumayushi did. Uh, I think against so, yeah. RNG, he, yeah. He didn't die as well, he died twice? in game yeah, two. Yeah, he died, he died twice. He died okay. twice, okay. And so before that, he was deathless on the the group stage, yep. the second day. So I think the only times he died was the Fnatic game, which I think owner just completely inted for T1 with that uh, Krugs invade, whatever, the, whatever he was trying to do. And then from there, he went deathless until, what, game three against RNG. Um, so I think Guma Yushi is doing really well. Kyria is playing out of his mind, too. I think they're both kind of in form. Faker's a little disappointing in terms of how he's been playing, but he's able to absorb a lot of pressure. And even though he's dying and making these weird mistakes, I feel like he's still able to kind of manage and hold the team together. And Zeus... Even when he's 0-6, he's still doing a lot of damage. I don't know if you saw that that damage chart after the the fight over, was it Elder? It's 6k damage in the dragon Yeah, pit. Yeah, he did so much damage for just being down so much, which just shows like how good he is in terms of you can camp him all you want, but he's still going to be able to maximize his champion. And so I think just, just seeing them come back from that game too was pretty exciting for me and just... I made a vow to myself that I'm never giving up another solo queue again if T1 doesn't give up that game. <laughs> and so I, I, I'm all for it. And then the uh, Gen G uh, Dom one I thought was a really banger of a series. I had projected Dom one winning, um, which they were really close to doing. Um, I I thought it was over when Gen G was like in that corner on top side, but Ruler just pulled something out of nowhere and just turned the fight, which is insane. But yeah, and DRX first. EDG uh, went the full five games. I still believe to this day it would have been a 3-1 DRX if the inhib didn't respond, but I just think DRX just played so much better than EDG, and the series score doesn't reflect how almost one-sided it was in terms of how they played. And I thought all the games they played, DRX was just better, um, but they just kind of threw some things here and there towards EDG, which allowed them to make the game seem close um but yeah i i am very high for drx and i hope they make it through to the finals um yeah yeah that's i i totally agree yeah it was a slow crescendo up um and yeah like uh in t1 rng t1 draft gap them in two of the and probably all three games realistically um and then in Jinji Damwon we saw some wild we saw Kane come out twice and we it was Rost both times um there was like what else was there there there's been a bunch of Ash Heimerdinger coming out we got to see Zaya picked in the T1 series there's been 
Um, some really weird, or not really weird, but like really cool different adaptations that came out. We saw Ezreal have high prio in the DRX series, and same with Heimer was actually banned after game two. The rest of the series, they banned it out. Um, we saw Karma get a game or two there. We still seeing Caitlyn being permabanned. Uh, yeah, it's, um, we saw Sivir played without Yumi as well once, I believe. Uh, I think JDG played that maybe, or maybe Genji did. I don't quite remember, but, um, yeah, it was, it was wild. And the majority of people were right, except from the DRX series where only 26% of people picked them, but I picked them there. So I had perfect groups and perfect quarterfinals. Whoop, whoop. Um, yeah, like the... I like the DRX series when Bomo's saying that it would have been three one. Like I totally agree. DRX were ahead every game early in gold and experience, um, and they had better drafts basically every game too. Uh, but yeah, they they were ahead early every time, and then games one and two. Well, game two, Barrel wasn't playing great. He had like six deaths in the first twenty minutes or so. He was just kind of running it down some. Um, Def didn't play great in game one either. He got caught a bunch as Ash, uh, and EDG just managed to out team fight them. Game two, I mean, just watch the replay, guys. Go look up the, just look up game two, uh, backdoor or something. Um, should we even go into what it is, or should we just let the the audience discover it? Just let them see it for themselves. Okay. So, I yeah, agree. That, yep, yep. So that was that was that game three, four, and five though DRX took and, um, yeah, Zeka's kind of he kind of carried them and Pioshik just existed. I don't think he. I still don't think Pioshik's very good, but, um, yeah, Zeka put on a clinic, especially in game five. He absolutely murdered Scout so many times. There's like a one v one montage that, uh, I think the official. Uh, Lolly Sports Channel or, or, or League of Legends YouTube put out that it was just like him like five times in a row um, or four times just every time winning a 1v1 and he did die to scout once but it was a 1v2 yeah, it was it was nuts Zeka needs to be I, I honestly think he's uh, he's gonna be outperforming Chovy in the next series I honestly believe that he's in form right now this is the best he's ever played that he's ever seen because he was an average mid laner in LCK. He was pretty unremarkable, honestly. That was my impression of watching all those games. But now he's he's leveled up. I'm here for it. I think so. Genji has really good players, but Chovy is very. I don't know how to say. It. It's like very selfish. He's a fucking solo queue player. player. Pardon my language. Yeah, he. I hate Chovy. He just. He's like a. He's like a PVE <laughs> mid laner, which is like. I don't understand, like, he'll, like, watch his team die, and he's still <laughs> farming the side lane type of thing. It's like, you, you're you not even attempting to help your team. You're just like, oh, my team is, like, it's a lost situation. Maybe he's, like, so big brain, I just don't understand it, but I think Zekka's going to style on Chovy because Chovy wants to play, like, this perfect game. I think Genji is built around playing, like, this perfect game of League of Legends. We, we play methodically, um, but I think Zekka and even, to a certain extent, Pioshik will, like, throw some wrenches in like their certain game plan which is why i really wanted dom one to win because i think dom one is the more fun team to watch um the kane performance was like out of this world like it, he didn't win the game but 
I would consider that a 1v9 performance, just how he played the Kane. Um, Do you mean just, game one Kane game or one, game five game, Kane? Okay, yeah. Game one Kane. And also, to an extent, game five Kane, the, the way a lot of things were set up, I think he did really well with playing as champion. It's just Ruler is just a, a better carry at the end of the day because of all the resources I think he got. Um, I think Damwon's bot lane is a little weak, and if, if, if they had a slightly stronger bot lane, I think they would have won the series. But because Ruler was just so much better than Damwon's bot lane, I think that's why they ended up winning. But I just don't like the way Genji play. It's just not... It's just not fun to watch, really. It's like the old, really, really old school League of Legends, and it's just not entertaining. It's very slow-paced and methodical, and to a certain extent, I understand that you want to play perfectly and you know that you're you're better than them, but I'd rather see it in like straight-up mechanical fights and whatnot just to prove that you're better instead of this slow choke out and i think teams kind of inevitably fall for it and don't do anything try to break out of it they they kind of play into their hand which i think damon was really good at like breaking away from it's like all right we're gonna try to fight you every step of the way so i hope grx does something similar i'm sure they will like i think genji plays that way because of like you're saying like chovy's pve he's not wanting to fight so then they can't really do early game comps that wouldn't make sense uh, and then Doran up top is one of the weakest mid laners in LCK, and so he's just weak side. Or if they put him on a carry, he doesn't do all that well. Like it's kind of funny whenever he gets like a kill, if he gets a solo queue or whatever in LCK, the casters go nuts because they're like, "Holy shit, Doran did something on his own without being gifted something from Peanut or something." And and Peanut is like a much better version of Malrang where he's sinning and stuff and he gets uh but he's still able to be more relevant but he's just not carrying or they're not giving him picks to carry and like you say like ruler's fantastic but their team was really good in spring because they were the best team i think in the world at the zeri siver lulu yumi meta i think they were the best that i'd ever seen and so they or that i saw and they were absolutely demolishing teams with it they were you couldn't beat them with it it was so hard they had the best game score in the lck ever they had like a plus 40 game score over the season which is just absolutely nuts they lost like three games or something through that whole time but now zeri is not in the pro meta at all sivir is if yumi's up but if you just be one yumi away from them or ban it then Sivir's much worse and Genji doesn't really know how to respond with it. They play, they try to play Lucian Nami in the same way, but it's just not anywhere near as effective for what they're doing there. Like you're saying, their their lanes exist kind of on their own, and Peanut tries to pull it together, but without a Zeri pop off moment or Sivir Yumi, it doesn't really, or Misfortune Yumi like they did as well. It doesn't really uh, coalesce together, and even Misfortune Yumi seemed they didn't do that great on it. It's just yumi's ability to push them through it really got them through those first two games mm -hmm. and dom one too i think they threw was a game one they gave chovy that triple kill which just accelerated his farming and he yeah. was able to take over the game from that point because he didn't have to farm as much and so i think i think it could have been winnable for dom one but yeah i just i just don't like the way genji really plays league of legends i think it's <laughs> Not enjoyable for me to watch. So I really hope they get knocked out before finals. Um, even they, if they get to they, finals, I think 
T1's going to win, but T1's going to have to go through JDG first. Yeah, Genji plays like a really good NA team got sent to Worlds. They play very slow. They play like this is how we're supposed to play because this is how we're supposed to play. It's smart. It's calm. It's let's just farm and go to late game and team fight because they're good at it. But um, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I definitely think that whoever wins between JDG and T1 will beat the other side of the bracket. Like you're saying, if it's Genji or DRX, like cool i i think that whoever makes it great congrats to them but they're not gonna win i'd be floored if they actually won the finals it's gonna be t1 or jdg they just look better their top laners are much better they're much better as a unit it just seems like it's gonna happen yeah i agree i think the the top side of the bracket is a lot stronger in general well not rogue but just the way rogue, that but the they, other they ones, play yeah. around the current meta yeah I think top lane is super important. If if they put Doran on a safe tank again, Zeus just comes out with GP again and just spanks him and just gets this entire gold lead. So I think you have to not just rely on scaling picks. Um, and I kind of like that Faker is forcing the Akali-Silas matchup every game because uh, I don't think I Chovy's played Silas or Akali, right? Uh, Chovy's a very good Silas. I don't. I can't recall him playing Akali, he but he's it, a though? very... I don't know, but he's like demolishes solo queue with it, so he okay. at least knows what he's doing very well on it. He's a he's a very good Silas. I don't know about Akali though. I'm sure he can play Akali well. Mm -hmm. He's he's Chovy, but he's not going to play Akali like one probably should right now in this meta and roaming and getting kills and yeah. skirmishes and stuff. He's going to go full farm Akali. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. It doesn't seem like there's much anywhere that uh, that like. Um, what was I gonna say? It doesn't seem like yeah. It, whoever faces uh, if you know if Gen G do get through to the finals, if they put you know Doran on a tank or something like that, or even against like Kingen, they're gonna. There's nowhere that they can turn to him because, like you're saying, they can just use a GP, they can use a Fiora and demolish the tank. Um, I honestly think that Doran should just play Shen because you can play a tank, you can absorb, and then you can press R and help Ruler or Chovy or Peanut do something on the other side of the map. I think Ch Shen, Mordekaiser, play the impact uh, pool. That would be what I would recommend. Or go play Lulu top and be useful in team in team fights. That's what I'm thinking there. But yeah. Um, I'd also like it known that I pr uh, predicted a DRX reverse sweep, which happened. I said it on the day before that they're going to reverse sweep, and I have a screenshot of it. And you guys know, but I wanted the rest of the world who's listening to this podcast to know. And I perfectly predicted the sweep. So I know. Big brain. Exactly. Oh, no, no. Your Big head is brain. fucking about to explode. It's inflating so much. <laughs> Well, I get to brag a little bit with that. Yeah, you I'm do. Fine with it. You called it, yeah. so I'll give it to you. Even though you had no reasoning whatsoever, you're just throwing shit out into the ether and hoping it sticks. I thought they would beat EDG, and I was thinking that they would throw a couple of games. I didn't necessarily think it was good. I thought when I said reverse sweep, I was like, sure, they'll reverse sweep. But I definitely thought it was going to go 3-2. I think most people thought it was going to go 3-2, though. So, um, okay, so anything else we want to talk about from quarters, or should we do semifinals uh, prospective and then finish up? Cool. Okay, so semis. Uh, I have 
Um, what did I predict? Right now, I have uh, T1 over JDG and DRX over Genji. Um, Bomo, I think you had the same. Fenrir, which, uh, what'd you pick? I got T1 over JDG, and I got uh, Genji over DRX. Mm. Okay. So, why uh, why do you think Genji over DRX? So, I actually today went back and watched a lot of the game Genji versus Damwon. And first off, the main thing I took from it was um, Canyon is the best jungler at this tournament. And I think Peanut actually... Because at first I thought that Canyon just kind of gapped Peanut. But then I kind of really looked at it and Peanut did everything he did or everything he needed to do to win those games. He conceded everything properly to where Canyon never got a like crazy lead on him. In the Kane games, um, he like purposefully just avoided Kane so that Kane could never get form. Like in game five, Canyon didn't get form to like twenty minutes. Yeah. Game one he got it at ten minutes. Yeah, he got it super game, fast. Game, and yeah. so yeah. Peanut learned very quickly what to do against the Kane. I mean, even just after one game, and I think that is just insane, first off. Um, I don't think Pioshik is anywhere near the jungler that uh, Canyon is, obviously. And I really think that Peanut might just turn around and show, like, hey, I'm the better jungler. Like, we're winning this series. I I get what you're saying, and I definitely also agree that Canyon is the best jungler at this tournament, um, with the caveat that Kanavi can match him depending on picks it's also if you look back at the drafts uh canyon had favorable matchups all five yeah. games into peanut which so that was draft gap in that specific matchup as well which it's important to know like he's going to get leads because of the matchup but um i think they're going to continue to put peanut on these submissive tank uh team oriented junglers and Pioshik some might be put on, but also he might he was a kindred one trick. That's how he first climbed up the ladder. So his kindred looked decent. Still not great, but Next he mark was also the guy his that his name means. Oh, didn't know that. Um Yeah, he he also was the guy who started the Udir jungle and Mundo jungle mm-hmm. things when those happened uh what last season or so or two seasons ago. So like he's prepared to pull out these off meta picks. I don't know if he's going to be prepared to pull him out in a world semifinals, but if he were, if anyone were to throw a wrench in the jungle pool, it would be him of the four junglers left in the, in the tournament for sure. So maybe he'll pull something out. Um, not super sure, but I mean, they could end up, I could, I could see a world where Genji picks, uh, Maokai jungle or Poppy and DRX slams Mordekaiser jungle. I could totally see that happening just to absolutely fuck over uh, Maokai or Poppy or something like that. But yeah, I think it's, it's kind of a toss up, honestly, between the two. What's your game uh, score? But I could, I, DRX versus Genji. I'm going to say three, one, just because I think, I think it's a fifth, like it's 50, 50, but if DRX are going to win, it's going to be a three, one personally, because uh, top lane, Kingen's better than Dorn, but not that much better that it's going to be cr- it's crazy. He's not Zayus level. And we just talked about the jungle. I think Chovy will do well in lane, but he- Zeka will have map impact. 
Um, you know, they'll probably just give a zero to Chovy and then let Zeka play Silas or Talia or something like that. I could see him playing Vex just to get around the map and get kills and get other people ahead. And then bot lane, um, Deft and Barrel have been prepared to play weird stuff this tournament. Not only just the Ash Heimerdinger, but if Heimerdinger's up, I don't think Gen G are gonna be able to play against it very well, or it's gonna very much disrupt what they're trying to do. Because Barrel is a very is a very good Heimerdinger. Like we can tell he's put in a lot of time on this pick. So You don't think Lehans is ready? For to count like to counter Yumi, yes, against He's ready to uh, counter anything. What, uh, like I, I really think Lehens has something that he has prepared. They're gonna let Heimer through game one, I guarantee it. And Lehens has something. They're gonna I, I just, they're gonna I don't dare, know. I think he'll have something. I don't think to it's gonna it. work. I don't think it's gonna like he'll have something prepared. If I had to guess it's gonna be like a Ziggs or a Syndra. But it's Zyra. Um, that's what would happen. Zyra, okay. Yeah, I guess the plants and the Zyra's support can will out. be played. In either this series or the T1 series. Whoa, okay. I also... Well, Why are you so confident about that? Uh, So, for one, I've been seeing people play it. And two, it's like really good in the matchup. It does what Heimer wants to do, but better. Okay. So then if they're playing Ash Heimer, what would the ADC pairing likely be alongside, uh, alongside her? Would it just be like Misfortune Zyra? The question is, is who gets Ash first? Mm. And then you can go from there, because I think Ash is actually the key to that lane, not the Zyra or the Heimerdinger. So I'm kind of predicting, especially in the Genji DRX series, that Ash is going to be a lot more higher prio than we've seen in the prior series, because I think the, like, the most interesting thing about this world is every single series, every single groups had their own little mini metas. And now we're seeing them all yeah. clash together. And I and first off, that's just awesome. It's crazy seeing four different metas just clash into each other at once. Yeah, it is really cool to see all these different metas colliding. And uh, yeah, and all four of these teams are from different groups that are left as well. That's mm -hmm. actually, I didn't think about that until right now. Yeah. Okay. So why do we think T1 over... JDG. So, Fenrir, you're the one here who's not a T1 fan, so I'll kick it to you first for some objective analysis here. Why do you think T1 over JDG? So, before I go with the pick, I want to say something real quick. I went back and listened to our podcast that we recorded with you, me, John, and Bomo before World started, predicting groups and stuff, and uh, I first off want to apologize to Karia for calling him a trash support. <laughs> He really uh, threw that one in my face. But second off, um, I am kind of a T1 hater, but not necessarily. I'm just It's kind of like the Tom Brady treatment. I'm tired of seeing them all the time. Um, but we did all have the sentiment, even though I picked RNG to win Worlds, that it just felt different for T1. Like We all knew that they didn't quite live up to expectation in summer. And whether it was just kind of hope or not, we all felt like that this was their season for some reason. It was the meta. They did really poorly. Yeah. Guma could not play the... Guma Carrier could not play the meta, the Zeri, Sivir, Lumi, uh, Yumi, Lulu. That's what a big thing. That was They struggled with that a lot. But, uh... So, one, I really actually think that T1's first off winning Worlds, no matter what. I don't... 
I don't think it matters who they play on the other side, like you guys were saying. And second, um, I think Zeus is better than 369. I think he has a wider champion pool. I think he can play the more. I think he can play both sides of the carry matchups better than 369 can. Uh, I think Kanavi's a little bit better of a jungler than owner, but I think Bengi's going to get him in shape right before. Uh, and then another kind of spicy pick that I think is going to happen is um, Faker. So he plays the Silas Akali matchup. He can play both sides. But Yagao cannot play Akali. So I think T1's going to high-prioritize Silas and push Yagao onto something that he's not comfortable with. Or they're going to let Yagao get Silas, and Faker's going to play like Karmalulu mid. I love that. That's I'm, awesome. I'm here for it. Yeah. And so my second prediction is before the end of the tournament, Faker will have at least one game on Karma or Lulu. Mm. Spicy. And I think it'll be in this series. Okay. I, I get that. So, uh, yeah. Um, I agree with everything you're saying. I would say... Um, I don't know if Bengi's going to get owner in shape, but I also just don't think, like, Kanavi's a better jungler, or better in form, at least right now, but uh, it's not big enough like the Canyon peanut gap that it's going to be a huge deal. Like, owner can, he can handle Kanavi. Um, if he goes Graves Ignite, like, owner has some picks to be able to deal with that, or can just play around it and stuff. He he doesn't sin as hard as Peanut does or other junglers that JDG destroyed. So I just don't, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal, but I do think Kanavi's in a better position. He's a better jungler, um, at least in this tournament so far. I do, I love all the, yes, like all these players are playing better and here's why they're winning for this reason. I don't necessarily agree that 369 is better than Zayus. I'd say like, Zayas does have a wider champ pool for sure, but whew, 369 on that Aatrox looked unbelievable. I don't think uh I don't think Zayas can play at least Aatrox specifically as well as 369 can. He can counter into it, but I don't think he can play it as well. I also don't think if for whatever reason this turns into a top lane tank meta up there. Zayas is not as good on tanks as 369 will be at all. I don't think it'll happen, but if for some reason drafts pivot that direction, then JDG uh, are going to be much better on topside. I do agree with you. Whichever can't team T1 puts just... their top laner on a tank will lose that game. But can't T1 just ban Aatrox? I think that's what's going to happen. They can. I think it's going to get I, banned I think, I think Aatrox is going to be... Yeah, I think Aatrox is perma-banned in this series coming up. Um, but across the board, I, I I think top is very heavily favored on whoever's jungler loves them more. So whoever has the jungle support will win the top side matchup. I think it I think as you were saying, it's a very 50-50 matchup. I can see either of them just smashing. Um, and it depends on the jungle priority and where they're looking to play. But yeah, from mid down to bot lane, I think T1 has the stronger laners in mid and bot. So I actually think it's going to be a top-sided meta where you're looking for more more plays around the top so to get your top ahead because you know that T1's bot lane and mid lane are going to be going even or up 
in lane. And so I don't know if you have to worry too much about playing around your bot side if you're T1. So I think it's going to be a lot of top action. And we can see a lot of the 0-6 Jaces or the 6-0 Jaces, I think, this series. So we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, it will be very volatile, I think, just top lane itself. And it'll dictate a lot of the game. But as you were saying, Fenrir, whoever plays the tank first will be the one losing the series. Yeah. Um it's worth noting that I believe that uh, as far as jungle proximity goes, Kanavi gives a lot more to topside than owner does. I think um, in groups of the twelve or groups and planes at that point of all the teams, Zayas had all the top stats with like you know KDA and gold per minute, damage per minute. CS, it was also first and CS forward diff. percentage. Yeah, all that with a with thirteenth jungle presence so he got there was one at least one play-in team that got that put more time into top lane with their jungler than uh than t1 did or at least two i guess then um so there's that and i don't think that jg was that far off i feel like when i've watched the games kanavi's pretty spread out all across or maybe he's even more top and mid centric than bot which is the opposite of owner for sure mm -hmm. i also think so. too um with the the certain play style um, just in general, teams are banning Caitlyn. Um, so you're kind of trading the power picks, right? So red side feels like it has to ban Aatrox, and blue side, if Aatrox is left open, they want to ban Caitlyn because they don't want to give over that Caitlyn. Um, so I think I think T1 does have a good answer to Aatrox. They'll probably just let 369 play Aatrox. And I think the Yone-Sejuani combo is really good into it, what T1 have been playing. Um, so we'll have to see if they leave it open. I think it's a lot of... I can see either side actually winning just based on how draft works, but I think it's a lot of like mental games with draft where you you can give up the Aatrox and you, you believe in your laner to play Aatrox and win that matchup, but I, I, haven't, I don't think I've seen any other team be able to counter the Aatrox besides T1 reliably, so we'll have to see how it pans out. I'd say also um, that I think, yeah, like you're saying, the Sejuani Yone is a great... And then they'll slam Silas or Akali mid, those three. And then with that, I think we'll see a carry a zillion game. Uh, like he pulled out Last Worlds. I think it was Last Worlds. Um, yeah, it was. Like I, I could totally see that. Putting zillion with those three and some other bot laner that makes sense. Maybe it's a Senna there. Maybe it's a... Uh, fuck i don't know siver would work well with that with that meatball of a team um although i wouldn't want guma there maybe it's zaya his Zaya's nasty you could put a felios there like that's uh that's nasty but i feel if i'm gonna make one spicy pick like fenrir did that someone's gonna play something carrie is playing zillion once this uh once this series at least once I actually think I agree with that because I think last year they did play like a zillion Jin comp. Remember that? The speed, the Jin around against Dom Juan. I thought that was super strong. Um, I don't really know if I have any spicy picks. I think in general, you kind of understand how T1 want to play. Um, I think the spiciest pick we did see was the Ashheimer from T1. But I would, I would like to see a little bit more of like <laughs> just fighting in general. So I want to see a lot of like melee champions going at it, um, but I will say that I my spicy pick prediction will be a Yasuo bot lane from T1, 
So that is, that is where I'm, playing I'm leaning towards for Karia? a potential spicy. Kumayushi's Kuma playing Yasuo. Oh, Karia so says that, that he's the best ADC on the, or the best Yasuo on the team. Maybe. I, I, I'd be down for Kiria Yasuo too, but yeah, anywhere in the bot lane, I think we'd be pretty sick, I think. What about uh, Karia's Lee Sin that was played in LCK both with the Yasuo? Summer, I think. <laughs> yeah. No, it was uh, with Senna, Senna Lee Sin. With the Senna, yeah. I yeah, guess so. Yeah. Didn't they play Lee Sin? I think it depends Yasuo how much they. I, they did. They did play Lee Sin Yasuo. Okay. But I think I think if you're, I think you should full all in on the Sejuani comp and play a five five melees and just ban out like Graves and different like. Uh, spacer champions on the enemy team and just go all in and see what happens but it'd be pretty cool seeing like a yasuo bot lane again because i think we haven't seen one in a while since like maybe last year and i think he is still a very good champion to play in the game just with what he brings yeah i could uh i could totally see that maybe they play malphite support or something like that i know Caria also loves to play in solo queue every once in a while he plays echo support mm -hmm. so that could totally work and i've tried it before it's fucking hard to play echo support it doesn't i don't get it as someone who plays off like weird supports like i play ap jarvan i was playing zoe earlier i could see a zoe support coming out from Caria as well but um like zoe mf would be nuts if they pulled that out uh but like i could i don't know echo support feels so weird it's it's so hard to play. I mean, that champ's hard to play in general, but to play him support is just like it's next level aggression. And so uh, another thing is, I think T one might have an answer to the Sivir Yumi that hasn't been played yet. And it's Zoe. If they do, oh okay, Faker's Zoe. Sure. I mean, so, yeah, they could just totally go up. They could go a poke comp. Yeah, like, so yeah. the reason why Sivir has been so good in the meta, right, is because everybody plays like these meatball comps where they just kind of want to run at you. And poke hasn't really been in the meta. So if they play like a, a Jace Zoe, which is extremely, like, super possible, right? Because Zeus is literally lightning, right? He wants to play Jace. Faker is probably one of the better Zoes in the world they could finally answer the Yumi Sivir. And if you can answer Yumi Sivir, that gives you so much flexibility in the draft. That could help with your Zillion prediction too. Like a, a Jace Zoe with like a, uh, a Jin Zillion type of comp where you just kind of out-kite them and just poke them and root them like from long range. I feel it could be pretty spicy to see. But yeah, I what they hadn't answered to... And you, if you, Ooh. you could throw a Sejuani on it. I mean, yeah, you just you really use a Sejuani to, as an ult bot, pretty much. Yeah, you just build full CDR Sejuani. Um, you could also, I mean, if you really wanted to, you could play like Maokai jungle. You could use the ult mm -hmm. just for zoning. Yeah, Maokai um, could be good. And Maokai be great. And the ability to use the saplings for extra vision, just so you can get more poke down, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can't wait. The drafts alone. I mean, just watching yeah, these two teams draft against each other. And we've been so focused, right? It's crazy that, I mean, it's Zeus and 369 and Faker and Yagao and Kanavi Owner, but look at the bot lanes, man. I mean, Hope and Missing have turned it on this tournament. And Gumiushi Karia have decided to show that they're the best bot lane in the world again, you know? It's, it's sad that yeah. another year goes by where quarterfinals or semifinals, sorry, are basically what finals should be, you know?
Yeah, because last year it was what? It was uh, T1 Damwon was the yeah. semifinal that should have been final. Although the finals were very were pretty good yeah, last were. year between yeah. EDG and Damwon. But I mean, it's just yeah. it's giving me uh, T1 rocks feelings all over again. Yeah, we're back in NA. We're uh, yep. And last time Faker was here, he won it. So it's just all lining up. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, um, I will be, so Bomo will be in attendance, but uh, I'll be watching these live and just hanging out in yep. the T-Force Discord watching them. So, uh, Fenrir, if you're there, please join me. Yep, I'll be there. Be... Don't worry, I ain't missing okay, this. <laughs> okay, cool. And then... Uh, there ain't yeah, no VODs we'll... around here, buddy. No, I'm going to be watching them live, yeah. Uh, yep, and then, uh, and for the first one, I'm going to be drinking watching it too, just because, like, oof, I got I to gotta do that. Sunday, I'm not going to. Um, Cause I'm going to play a bunch of solo queue with my brother afterwards and maybe some flex or something. Got to be in a sober mindset for the last like three weeks or so of league trying to get into diamond. But yeah, um, yeah for the Saturday game, I'm going to be Saturday series. I'm going to be drinking. So that'll be fun. But yeah. And anyone who wants to please come join. I'll pop an announcement a little bit ahead of time as well, just to let people know to come join us and watch. But yeah. Um, I'll send some pictures from the live game too. So I'll keep posting the, the discord as well and i will also be drinking at the venue so we can all be drunk together alcohol there. nice oh i'd be very sad if they don't i'm just expecting because it's a, a basketball arena so i assume they should serve alcohol but if not then i will be drinking beforehand and being <laughs> barely barely conscious of what's happening but i will be enjoying myself <laughs> nice so we talk about one right, more well, little uh, like pet peeve thing oh yeah go ahead so go ahead. I understand that Worlds is in A and it's probably hard to get like um, other regions, casters and desk people like to stay. It probably oh. costs a lot more money, but I think it's complete bullshit for one that Atlas is not going to be casting these games or at least even just on the analyst desk because it's his region, right? Like it just frustrates me so much that we're not going to get the insight of these guys that literally talk about these teams on almost a daily for, basis. For the whole year, right? Yeah. yeah you know, it's, and don't get me wrong. Kobe freak is captain flowers, Cadrill, like they're all great. Like Cadrill mm-hmm. probably all in all the best caster I, out of all of them. I would say Cadrill's like up next after the LCK casters. Cause he yeah. does watch a lot of LP on LCK games, but like not, as you were saying, not having those specific region casters is kind of rough. Cause They've casted every single game yep. in person, and they've watched like these teams develop and understand how these teams play. Where, you, sure, you can watch vods, but there's you're not gonna watch a whole scene of vods from like an NA caster's perspective just mm-hmm. to cast the series. So, I, I think I kind of agree with you. Where I understand the budgetary concerns, but at the same point, you can try to keep at least one. LCK you know, caster there's gonna be one. L- there's yeah. gonna be one LCK team. There's gonna be one LPL team. Mm-hmm. There needs to be just regional, like, uh, what's the word? Representation. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. I'm looking for. Yeah. for It just it, little, it just bothered me when I seen that Atlas wasn't going to be there. Well, yeah, but they're sending Chronicler home as well. They're also sending Dagger they're, Yeah, home, they're sending so all of no, them home, there's, right? Yeah. There's no, right, there's no LPL or LCK. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. That is utter bullshit as well. And I saw that, I was like, what the fuck? And, like, I could understand 
if they're saying, you know, some of like we're getting to the last four game, the last four teams in the last two, three series, we want to make sure that we have the most qualified and professional people. If, you know, I understand then like uh, Chronicler hasn't been on for LCK all that much. He joined this season. So I could understand then in that argument, if you want to send him home, um, Atlas is a play by play, but he's also been watching and he, he actually has a play by played um, or casted the most games of any professional league caster. Like he passed someone this, pa- uh, this summer or so. So he's got the most games ever of anyone that's done yeah. it in the professional law scene. So you can't even give me the, the argument there. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's bad. Uh, it's bad. Like I'm, I'm really sad that that's going to happen. I it, it's I understand also budgetary concerns like one of you guys said, but at the same time, they could just offer them conditional contracts and say, "Hey, if there's representation, we will keep some or all of you on, but depending on what regions get through, you may or may not be cut sh- cut huh, uh cut short earlier or be kept around till later." Like I get that. Um and especially they're keeping a lot of the NA people and EU people around, but all of them are almost all of them are contractors. They're not actually f- official yeah. Riot employees. I think the only NA one is Freak and uh, EU. It's uh, I think Azale still works for all- Riot as well. He's a on his Twitter. Or is it he says ri- that he's freelance? Oh, okay, he's okay. Freelance, so yeah. he, I knew Captain Flowers yeah. was because that he did that last year, but I wasn't quite sure who else went through it. Yeah, Zale did. Um, none of the LCK people are. They're all Riot Korea employees. Um, none of I don't know about the LPL people, but I think they're also Riot LPL or Riot China employees directly. So they don't have to pay them anymore. It's just you have to pay for hotel stays and flights and stuff like that, whatever. Um, but even if, okay, let's say they had to pay them a little bit more. The amount of money that this game generates, they can afford to pay a few, like, let's say it's $10,000 more. okay that's worth it for what you're going to be getting out of this event. You know, Riot, it claimed, you know, their their company, like, uh, I don't want to say motto, but like the ethos that they try to live by is a game by gamers, uh, for gamers. That's what they try and do. And they try to do everything they can for the player base while also making sure that it makes business sense. So unless there's something that none of us are aware of behind the scene, and I'm not just talking about us three, we're looking at everything in social media, we're talking all of what the casters themselves have been saying, like they're leaving um, former casters, people in the scene, uh, influencers. If, if Unless there's something that all of us are in the dark about, it just doesn't make sense. So, yeah. No, again, though, not like Fenrir said, not to take anything away from the people they're keeping on for it. They're all great. Uh, they're, uh, I'm sure they're going to make it a very exciting series. We're just going to miss some of those storylines of, uh, you know, the longevity storylines or personal anecdotes that these people are just not going to have. So, yeah, but um, yeah, so please join us in the Discord for Saturday and Sunday. I'll be watching both of them, or Fenrir and I will be in there live. Boma will be sending pictures. I'm sure we'll have more people in there. It'll be a, a grand old watch party. It'll be sweet. Um and uh, yeah, I will make another announcement about uh, Bomo's team thing or the, the Victorious League uh, next Wednesday. I'll drop an announcement about that. So be sure to join us for that if you're available and want to. November um, 2nd. Make sure you. 
because next Wednesday on November second. Yeah, just say November second because next Wednesday in a podcast doesn't really give them a date. Very fair. Very fair. Yeah. So yeah, November second in the evening, it will be posted uh, in announcements later on tonight on the twenty seventh. So I'll let people know like a week ahead of time. Um, and then the matches are on the 29th and the thirtieth, starting at five Eastern. That's when everything starts for Central is when I'll be getting on. But uh, I guess that's the same time. So I'll be getting on around then or a little bit ahead of time. But yep. Um, other than that, please send us feedback at feedback in or the feedback thread in our Discord or reach out to us uh, at questions at trinityforcepodcast.com at our website there. Um, you can find a whole lot of other information and cool stuff on our website. Um, we have community game nights on Tuesdays at 7.15. And uh, please check out our Patreon if you want any of those sweet benefits. Um, you'll, you know, what's uh, notable there is some coaching stuff, but then also you'll get the, uh, you'll get an early access to tournaments that happen. Hint, hint. Um, hint, hint. But other than that, thanks for tuning in, everyone. And Got your piece of paper. We'll see you. <laughs> yep, we will. Uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Peace. Thanks for listening to our product and being a member of the Trinity Force Network community. If you have a moment, please head over to iTunes and give your favorite show a comment and a rating. If you're so inclined, you can check out all of the other great shows in the network. We've got a wide variety of content from League of Legends to general gaming and role-playing podcasts. If you'd like to follow us on social media, we can be found at Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit under T-Force Network. We've also got a Patreon under that name where you can support your favorite shows with a small donation each month. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you continue to enjoy all of our podcasts, videos, and the community that we provided.